You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us today is Ethan Lane. Ethan is the Executive Director of the Public Lands Council and NCBA's Public Lands. Ethan, thanks for joining us. Good to be with you, Ed. All right. Well, the uh, seemingly never-ending government shutdown continues to roll on. I think we're like day 26 or something like that, uh, basically coming up on a month. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are starting to have questions about how this is going to affect them. And we were talking earlier that um, a lot of your guys out there on, that, that graze on public lands are starting to have questions about how the shutdown uh, may impact them now if they are turning out or, or need to get off um, some of their, their allotments and, uh, and what it might mean, you know, going forward into the spring if this thing really gets uh, lasts longer and, and there are things that they need to do between now and then. So. Talk about sort of the two groups of people that are, that could be affected who graze on public lands. Well, you're, you're right. We are getting into uncharted territory for a, a shutdown. And in many respects, uh, what that means is kind of a, a stress test of the federal system, uh, not just in the grazing arena, but across the board. We're, we're getting a civics lesson uh, in, in just how many different small functions uh, need to be performed when you're dealing with the federal government to get something fairly basic accomplished. Uh, in, in the case of, of ranchers operating with grazing permits in the West, um, uh, chief among those is getting able to, being able to turn out on time, um, whether that's uh, a spring turnout uh, in many parts of the West or, or for some of our guys uh, uh, down in the lower country that have year-round permits or winter permits and are turned out right now, um, and whether that's BLM or Forest Service, um, as we start getting into this more prolonged shutdown, uh, we've started to ask questions of the agencies about what this might look like when we get into a larger uh, cross-section of permittees needing to turn out. Uh, we have received back from them uh, guidance on, on what they expect and, and what they're planning to do moving forward. Uh, I, and, and just to kind of start this off with, uh, with the headline, the headline is, by and large, you will get to turn out. Uh, uh, it's been made very clear to us, and, and, and we are glad to hear this, that, um, you know, it's interesting. And in a shutdown, you strip away a lot of the unnecessary applications of the federal government and the regulatory compliance and some of the, some of the additional burdens that we all know is sort of the federal monster. And you get down to those statutory obligations. And, and what we know is uh, one of the things they are statutorily obligated to do is administer the grazing program, which means we bubble right to the top of the list of, of things that have to get done even in a shutdown environment. Um, and, and, and even in that kind of situation, uh, thankfully, we have uh, uh, an administration in place that's, that's trying to make sure that this, this fight, this border wall fight, doesn't start to impact people on the ground that, that uh, you know, may or may not be involved in it. So we're expecting uh, the agencies to proceed with the grazing program and allow for turnout in these areas despite the lack of some key elements of that process, the biggest one being the federal grazing fee. Every year about this time, we typically expect an announcement from the national, from, from the Forest Service and BLM um, that they have consulted with the National Agricultural Statistics Service and they have calculated the grazing fee for the year. Um, they can't do that this year because the National Agricultural Statistics Service is shut down. Um, so unless they bring those employees back, there won't be a new grazing fee for this year. So first and foremost, um, they're going to need to bring back billing people at Forest Service and BLM to issue those bills to people. But because they don't have a grazing fee for the new year, they're going to have to issue those bills at $1.35. Um, Forest Service will definitely be doing that. Uh, we expect BLM will most likely follow a similar model. Uh, $1.35 is that 
baseline statutorily uh, uh, required amount for a grazing fee. Now with the formula, it can fluctuate. It was over $2 a few years ago. It's $1.41 this last year. Um, it may or may not go up or down, but they're going to bill at that lowest rate and then send a second bill when the government opens back up uh, for the difference. So they felt like that was easier than trying to issue a credit or doing anything else like that. So that's why they're going to do that. Once those bills go out, you pay your bill and, and you can turn out. Um, there obviously are going to be a lot of what ifs and exceptions to that rule. Uh, what if uh, I'm, I'm in an area where I have a threatened or endangered species? Or what if I'm dealing with uh, uh, some sort of unique situation? Well, by and large, uh, those people that are in those situations have a pretty good idea of what they were planning to do this year. And what Forest Service is, is telling us and what we, again, expect BLM to have kind of a similar uh, a track is uh, continue forward with what you were planning to do this this season. If you rotated one direction last year, rotate the other direction this direction this year, or or whatever the case may be in your particular set of circumstances. Now there are going to be some areas where that's not going to cover it, um, whether it's because you're under a court order because of litigation or some other kind of extenuating circumstances. What we're hearing in that regard is that they're looking for opportunities where they can bring back in specific employees to perform specific tasks. So that is going to be kind of case by case and they're working and each state's going to be a little different, particularly on the BLM side where those state offices are going to have different budget situations and different resources available to, to complete these tasks. Um, so, you know, I, we don't expect this to go off without a hitch, but we do, we do know that the intent here is that people are able to pay their fee and get out. Now, pre-turnout meetings in the Forest Service, AOI meetings, um, things like that, monitoring, those are services that, that, that are not going to happen in the way that they normally would. And, and they'll come back and they'll make those things up later when the government reopens. So they'll have that, that AOI meeting. It just might be halfway through your turnout. Um, that being said, um, and, and this is just kind of one last point on this, we do want to make sure that, that folks are paying attention to those details as they turn out. So document, monitor. If you don't monitor on your allotment, this is a great year to start because no one else is going to be able to do it in the very first part of your season potentially. Um, so, you know, make sure you're taking down those details, make sure you're taking pictures, make sure you're recording everything, because we do expect there to be some litigation here. Um, uh, it's inevitable with some of these radical environmental groups. Um, so we want to make sure we're prepared. We want to make sure we're building the best record possible. Okay, that's all good info. Um, and I guess the short answer is, do what you got to do and keep a record of what you're doing. I, 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 I want to be careful and not say do what you got to do. I, I, I mean, do what you know you're authorized to do. Do what you were expecting to do, but do it based on receipt of a bill and payment of that bill. Um, what, what we need to be really clear about is don't just go out and do whatever you feel like doing because no one's watching the store. I, I cannot stress that enough. Um, there is a system in place. It's just sort of a stripped down system. So, you know, some of this stuff is you are going to receive a bill. You are going to need to pay that bill on time, and that is going to be your authorization to turn out. It's critically important that they pay attention to that step and, and get that done. But yes, expect to do what you were expecting to do. Okay. Um, in other news, and this isn't necessarily part of the public lands conversation, but I know that you're um, equipped to, to discuss it. Uh, yesterday, I think it was uh, Secretary Purdue at USDA uh, made an announcement that a lot of the Farm Service Agency FSA offices that have been closed for the past few weeks um, are going to be reopening. Not all of them uh, and, and not permanently, but um, today, Thursday, tomorrow, Friday, 
and next Tuesday after the MLK holiday, um, a lot of these offices are going to be opening up. Um, what does that mean for folks who need to use FSA? Well, again, this is the same kind of basic set of circumstances, right? They're trying to lessen the blow uh, for folks on the ground. Um, FSA was one of those areas that people started to, to do the math and say, wow, this could really have a serious impact. So they're trying to look for areas where they have some resources available to bring some people back, get some basic functions taken care of, and keep the trains running on time, for, for lack of a better description. Um, that, that's our understanding is this is kind of the first wave of that. They're going to bring these FSA folks back in and try to get some of these tasks performed and, and just keep this stuff moving so that we don't get to a point where things just seize up completely. Um, but again, you know, we're, we're in uncharted territory here. And, and, you know, I think part of the concern is um, there is a limited amount of time where that math will work. Um, so we're going to be watching how this plays out, where they decide to make those decisions to, to go in and, and provide that relief. Um, and, and kind of try to keep a back of the envelope tally on just how long things like that can run. Is it a couple weeks? Is it a month? Um, we don't have a good answer for that. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have to kind of continue to course correct and continue to look at what decisions they've made and how it's going to affect producers. Right. And in the meantime, you can go onto our Twitter page, twitter.com slash Beltway Beef. We have pinned the tweet up at the top of the feed um, with a link to uh, the USDA website that has a list of all of the offices around the country that are going to be open Thursday, Friday, and next Tuesday. Um, and then it, finally, Ethan, uh, can you give us an update? Like, what are you hearing? I mean, we're watching the news. Um, it certainly doesn't look good. It's sort of back and forth. There's not a lot of substantive talks going on on how to end this thing. Um, you're up on the hill every day. What are you hearing up there? Anything? Any? Is there any ray of light? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel on any of this? <laughs> I... I uh, <laughs> I would love to tell you that that we are just uh, right around the corner from some kind of a, a resolution to this thing. Um, I, I, people are well and truly in their bunkers on this deal. Um, you know, I, I think you have very little motivation for the Democrats to come to the table and, and give anything to the president here. Um, and, and, you know, we're at a point in this where it's going to take some sort of uh, extraordinary circumstances to break things loose. And, you know, some of these conversations we're having now may be the impetus of that. When, when you get to a point where um, some of this stuff is no longer possible, when we're just flat out of resources to, to patch these things together, that's going to force some conversations. Now, when that occurs, how long down the road that is, um, I, I don't have a good sense, and I don't know that anybody else does either. Um, but you know, we're we're, we're not. I, I wish I could tell you we're hearing some some positive things, but um, we we are real, we are well and truly kind of stuck here. Um, so you know, I, I think that's why we're taking this as seriously seriously as we are. I'd love to believe that by May first, when we a bunch of our guys are starting to turn out, this is this is distant memory. Um, uh, but we're not willing to take that chance. We want to make sure we're prepared and laying the groundwork now for that to be as smooth as possible. All right, Ethan Lane, thanks for everything you do, and thanks for joining us. Great to be here. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at beefusa.org, and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.